You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We are broadcasting on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord. And in the beautiful city of Manchester on 101.9 FM, we can also be found on www.nhtalkradio.com. We would like to thank our sponsor, Lakes Region Fence out of Guilford. We appreciate those folks so much up there. They're busy. Give them a call if you have some fencing needs. We love them deeply. I have a topic today which I have been dying to get into. Um, it concerns the NHTA, which is the Nash New Hampshire Theater Alliance. Before I get into that, um, a friend of mine is in studio, Dan Pelletier. Um, Dan is a an interim board member. Is that correct? Yeah, currently, uh, as we speak, we are interviewing and will be uh, or finalizing interviews. Uh, the Theater Alliance will be installing our new permanent board by the end of the month. All right. So before we get into that, and that is the topic which I really do want to delve into today, Dan, why don't you do us a favor, tell us all about who you are, why you're even here, what you're doing in New Hampshire, what the heck Q0, which you represent as well, is all about. Yeah, sure. So, hi. Uh, New Hampshire, born and raised, uh, originally from Auburn. I'm now just moved to Merrimack. Um, as you said, I run Q0 Theater Company. Uh, we uh, primarily perform in the greater Derry, Salem, Manchester area. It's my little uh, passion project that we're technically on our, our fourth full season right now, but we've been doing things on and off for about 10 years now. Started it about uh, six months after I graduated from UNH in uh, 2013. Um, we put a big emphasis on new and challenging ourselves and trying to, uh, push our artistic limits and things like that. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I, I think of us as a, uh, uh, an amateur theater company, uh, that, uh, you know, we try to hold ourselves to professional standards. And then I also, uh, during the school year teach uh, full-time high school theater at the Arts Academy of New Hampshire, which is a charter school in Salem as well. Busy, busy, busy. Yes, very. So let's get back to the uh, your Q Theater. Yep. Uh, Q0, sorry. Yeah. Um, what, when you say that you are doing you so you're doing different kind of things, like black box or just where are you getting your material? Yeah, I mean, we... Do a little bit of everything. Try to do things that um, we're passionate about that maybe not everybody's doing. Like right now, we are getting ready to open two devised pieces of theater. Uh, the The show is called Join Empathy. Uh, the first half that I directed is about a cult. Um, and then the second half is uh, a series of scenes that just kind of explore what empathy means and what it means to have empathy for people. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah, and that was and all of the this entire piece was created uh, by the actors. Like we came in with the the two premise the two premises. Um, I had the you know the cult one, and Crystal Welsh, our other director, had the you know her empathy was her idea, and we worked with the actors um, using a lot of different techniques and developed these two one hour pieces that we're presenting as a unified night because um, well we hope that it's clear that like. 
to get somebody out of a bad situation, you can't like yell at them or belittle them. You got to have empathy and find out, you know, and understand them. So there is that kind of parallel. Uh, but then we, I mean, we and we don't exclusively do shows you've never heard of. Like we've, you know, we've done Macbeth, but we did a, you know, a very to me a, a unique take on it. Um, let's see, we just closed in back in June. Uh, Be more chill, which is a uh, a newer musical that is definitely uh, popular with the Gen Z. Um, and, you know, just trying to do, as I said, like um, when I like right now, I'm actively interviewing directors for uh, next year's season. And I always just put it out as I want directors with passion projects. Like I don't necessarily pick uh, the shows that I want to 100% do, I pick the directors I want to work with, the people I want to create the opportunities for, and I like it when they give me something that maybe not everyone's uh, going to have done. I mean, because I do think, not that necessarily there's anything wrong with doing a lot of the uh, classics and things, but we've got to try to reach some different audiences and really just be an expression of... You know, people that are in my age bracket, which would be the the people in their 20s and 30s and things like that. And as I said, I just like creating opportunities for people. And um, so our our shows can vary. Something, as I said, like we do Shakespeare, we do um, modern, smaller plays. We do some offbeat musicals, um, things like that. Usually, um, especially this year, we, uh, you know, dive into some darker themes that maybe not everybody will uh, want to touch so not every show has a happy ending but we um, you know again try to hold ourselves to high standards as well as um, just you know creating um, I don't know if you're familiar with the musical title of show I am yeah it, it, so like uh, our one of our unofficial mottos is the like kind of the big not it's not the finale but it's the to me the like peak of the show the nine people's favorite thing and we kind of took it off of that, where it said, "I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing." And doing theater that we want to create, that we'd go see. Um, so yeah, just trying. And again, um, just I, I'm someone that gets bored easily if I'm doing the same thing over and over again. So I like to always go, "Okay, what haven't I done yet? What, you know? All right, I conquered." Uh, doing a, you know, doing this type of show. Great, I'm going to move on to something else. What's something no one's ever done? Oh, let's do a show about cults. I like listening to true crime podcasts. Great, okay. And then, oh, uh, I had this really crazy idea where Lady Macbeth was also one of the witches. Great, that's what we're going to do our, with our production of Macbeth um, and, and and things like that. Let's drive this a little bit further back. Yep. Where did this passion come from? Why are you not like a musician or something? Why theater? Uh, it just, I mean, I, I'm, it's mostly, I just like the directing most of all. I don't know. Like, I, I've always been very performative even before I think I knew I was a performer. Like, I grew up doing like a little bit of everything. My parents were very supportive and they, you know, got me involved in sports and robotics and destination imagination and all these different things, just like whatever and I gravitated to. But even like when I was playing with like playing sports, it seemed like I was more about the the moments and things like that. Um, so the theater just kind of felt where like I belonged and I really just enjoy getting to work with people and, and uh, you know, coaching the acting and creating the storytelling and to me, directing is a lot like uh, a puzzle. 
But to me, it's more interesting than like a jigsaw puzzle because I don't know what the outcome is going to look like. And when I'm directing, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I best tell this story? How do I turn this script on a page into a production that's going to bring out the, the themes that I think it needs to and, you know, connect with the audience and things like that. And it, it, it's it's the place where I feel that I have purpose and makes me feel alive. So d- did you start off as an actor and then go to directing? I mean, like everybody in, you know, you, when you're in high school, you're acting because like, you know, I, I don't I, I think very f- few teenagers are, you know, a freshman in high school and can, I'm going to direct the play. I mean, I did do some, um, you know, uh home movies call them as well as uh i ran um the television news program when i was in high school at uh, pinkerton um and then you know when i went to college i was between three or four majors and i was just like you know this one is i like i'm really good at it but it's boring this uh this one i have some issues with but again like theater is is where i feel the, like I belong where I'm, I'm doing the most where I'm feeling fulfilled in my work and getting that out of that. So, and then, yeah, I just, uh, I'm directing again. I like being able to take the, take apart the show, put it together, work with everybody, uh, know a little bit, a lot and a lot about a little. And then also I don't have to learn my lines. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can sympathize with that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, okay, so many layers here. Yeah. How does a company like Q0, which does the the odd stuff, mm-hmm. how do you survive? How What's happening there? If you don't yeah. mind me no, asking. No, it's, I mean, it's uh, being creative in, in your problem solving. You know, it's, it's not trying to compete with, you know, the national tour that's coming through the Capitol Center or – the production values of uh, you know, the palace or something like that because we're not going to. So why put our emphasis there? I'm not saying that we don't have good production values, but it's uh, beg, steal, and borrow as much as possible. I mean, I before I started really doing a lot of self-producing, I worked with a lot of the community theaters in the area, and I'm very thankful that New Hampshire does have this great theater community where people are willing to lend you props and costumes and set pieces and we're very supportive of each other okay hang on to that thought well golly we have to take a break you're listening to nh unscripted i am your host ray dudley we are at kxl 1450 am 103.9 fm in concord 101.9 fm in manchester and nhtalkradio.com we will be Stop me! You are listening to NH Unscripted with your host, Ray Dudley. Yeah, that'd be me. We are at the not overly ostentatious WKXL Studios, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and we can be found, as well as all the other great shows here, at www.nhtalkradio.com. In studio today with me is Dan Pelletier from Q0. Dan, I want you to explain something in a second um, as I introduce you. We are going to be talking about the New Hampshire Theater Alliance shortly because I am intrigued by its pause and have not heard much more about it. Dan, 
Mm-hmm. Where does the title Q0 come from for people who have no idea what that means? Yeah, it's actually, uh, so it, it, again, because our emphasis was on new and and, and um, things like that, uh, it, it actually comes from programming a lighting board. Uh, so on an ETC lighting board, when you want to go back to before your uh, start of the show, which would be Q1, you push the button that says go to Q, and then you hit zero. So that's kind of where it's a little bit of a theater pun. Um, and um, so it's about, because again, we're about new and opportunity and growth and things like that. And then I also just thought having a Z in the name made us sound exotic and uh, stand out like that. So I just, um, and as a big professional wrestling fan, I also like just the three-letter acronyms. So CZT, to me, uh, is is catchy and easy to say. You have T-shirts? We do. I'm wearing what? one. You dog? Yeah. I'm oh a, my god. Yeah, we're we're gonna be dropping some new uh, or making some new ones soon because there's a big uh, demand for them right now. Where are they finding them? Uh, you you'll be able to purchase them at our shows um, and. Uh, if you support us online uh, through our membership program, you can also uh, be rewarded with one. Drop the dime on what's going on with QZO. So how how big a group are you? Where are your people coming from? You have open auditions. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, so we, we're, we our actors come from all over. I mean, depending on the show. I mean, some people are really, again, because we do some shows that not everybody does, sometimes people even though, again, we're an amateur theater, we don't pay the actors. Everyone's here because they love theater. Some people are driving 45 minutes to Salem because they want to be in this show that nobody else uh, is doing. So it's a, but we, so we have, you know, depending on the show, we have like a core group of people that usually come out to every one of our auditions because they enjoy working with us and myself. Um, And then depending on the show, uh, we might get some people that are like, you know, like, oh, nobody's done Be More Chill yet. I want to be in Be More Chill. Or, uh, oh, I'm really interested in, in cults. I want to be in your original piece. Or uh, we did Radium Girls uh, b- back to start this season. And all people, some people are like, oh, I'm a history buff. Or I think this story is really important. So they'll, um, you know, travel all over. Um and uh, fortunately, my my employer, the Arts Academy, is very supportive um, because I try to. Um, I mean, yes, it, Q Zero is kind of my outlet for doing things that I don't, I can't, and don't, and shouldn't be doing with the students, doing the more <laughs> mature pieces. But I do like when there are opportunities to give give them to my students. I try whether it's helping, you know, having them do some of the artwork or. Uh, we did the wolves, which we did allow a couple of uh, my students to audition for and, and be in, um, and then um, you know, and it creates a theater that they can come see um, that gives them an uh, opportunity to experience different types of theater. So the school's very supportive in letting us um, rehearse there and perform there and things like that. So you don't have a home base, right? Really? Well, I mean, I mean ki- kind of. It's become the the arts academy. It, it, you know, it, it depends on what. I mean, our first show we rehearsed in my parents' garage. <laughs> Um, we've rehearsed during, we did, um, back when like, you know, COVID was at its peak and we were all itching to perform. We did a, uh, staged reading of Romeo and Juliet in the Fisher Cats stadium in Manchester. You did? Yeah. We, what? we performed in left field and we themed it baseball. What? The Capulets were, were Yankees gear and the Montagues were Red Sox gear and the Get Prince were Empire. Town. Yeah. And we were, rehe- we literally rehearsed that because we, we couldn't find an indoor rehearsal space. We rehearsed that in the little league fields in Auburn. 
we just walked down or like there's Dude, nothing else going on. How do you on. even have the the gonads to approach them and go? Can we use left field? I I <laughs> I, I, I I think it's one of these things that like I mean especially at that time there was nothing going on in the. You know, they were doing all like the Manchester graduations and they had like a fashion show and they had a couple of different like things there because we couldn't do indoor entertainment and there had there was no minor league baseball season. So they were desperate. So I'm like, hey, I've got this crazy idea that like I need a place to do, uh, you know, because we used to uh, we haven't done it as much since then. But we used to do this series that we called Gorilla Shakespeare, where we do staged readings of Shakespeare, like short cuttings in unusual places like the first one we did in the bookery in manchester uh we did a couple in the shaskeen pub on elm street there um so this was kind of an extension of that and i'm just like hey you need you've got nothing going on okay i i I am stunned here hang on hang on hang on let me get my breath (laughs) you had the idea to approach the fisher cats at their stadium and ask them if you can perform yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, and we. Yeah, I just, I just sent an email, and I'm like, hey, You're my I, hero. I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, we. Yeah, we called Shakespeare in the ballpark. Man, yeah, but this isn't like a little town park. You're in Fisher Cat Stadium. Yeah, we. Yeah, we. Uh, we had. We. You know, we mic'd the actors. I think we had like, I think there was like twelve people. Uh, we used the. We did the balcony scene using the left field wall. Like we actually what? had them like hop the fence and run up there. And how many people came to see it? Uh, I think we had a. We, I mean, it wasn't like a huge crowd. I mean, I think we had like maybe a hundred hundred people there. That's but it was decent. Yeah, I mean, again, it was back in fall of 2020. Uh, yeah, it had to be. It was right around the time of my sister's wedding. Um, yeah, so fall of 2020 when when there again there was nothing else going on. Um, and again, we were just, I mean, it was very, it was a very goofy Romeo and Juliet. Cause I'd always said I wanted, uh, to me, I wanted to direct Romeo and Juliet as a pure farce. Cause I think it's ridiculous. So we kind of approached it as that. Like we, as I said, like we were all Red Sox and Yankees, uh, all of the swords we replaced with wiffle ball bats. Um, Dude, you are from a different planet. Yeah. We just, you we, we have, just... I liked, we were having fun. <laughs> it was, it was the most fun we've, we've had. Um, especially because like that morning, uh, the the stage manager that was supposed to be operating the soundboard got sick. So I was playing a small part, but then I'd also have to run back and forth turning on, on and off everyone's microphones because oh my <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I can't find someone on two hours notice. I but. thought the craziest thing that, that you had done was when we did The Odd Couple up in, in Squam Lake up there. Yeah. That thing was, <laughs> it was a... Fist fight. Yeah, in no. Some of those scenes. I thought that was intense. Yeah, no. We, uh, as I said, we have fun. We're always looking for for things to, to challenge us. Um, and I'm also hoping that we can start doing more um, adult education things. Like I want to start like doing a series of directing workshops. Uh, we used to have uh, a playwrights group that would meet every month, and actually, one of the play uh, pieces from that eventually got turned into an audio drama. Um, that we would meet every month and people could bring, I think we said it was like, you can bring like 10 pages of whatever you wrote. We'll all read it out loud and, and give feedback to each other. And one of the guys from that, um, you know, uh, cause he, his piece was about like a guy on a radio station. I'm like, why don't you just do this as an audio drama? Like, I think it's, um, you know, he wanted to get it produced, but like, we didn't really have the time for that in the season. It was like, and he actually, you know, went on like. You know, the inner like went on some websites and found some actors, and they did. He did it as like a six episode audio drama, and that all came out of our our, our uh, playwright circle and things. So I'm hoping to 
again, just kind of create things that nobody else Dude, is you doing. Are cutting edge, cutting edge. Oh my god, I thought Black Box Theater was intense. <laughs> yeah. So all of your shows are performed at the arts. Uh, we have one more show this year. Uh, Except we're for the ones at Fisher Cat Stadium. Well, no, yeah. Uh, we 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 jump jump around a bit. We like um for the last couple of years we've done two shows at the Dairy Opera House. Um, so this year we'll be wrapping up our season with uh Stephen Sondheim's Assassins uh Ooh. in October. Yeah. Um, big shoes. Yes, yeah. Sondheim's my uh my uh, favorite composer. Ooh. Um and I'd only ever I've so far only directed Into the Woods um and I'm like I need to I mean and he just passed so I'm like I need to do another Sondheim show and I was between a couple and then actor singers did Sweeney Todd so I'm like well that's out um because we uh, so then I am like all right I'm gonna do assassins um and so we've got that we're gonna start rehearsals as soon as I uh returned from my vacation next week and um is that a big cast uh it's about 16 yeah. actors but you know the challenge is you need some very specific actors that can play these you know all uh, 95% of the, the characters in the show were real people and um, very specific types and very specific music so um, and actually we had a really great turnout I think we honestly had uh, 45 people audition for the 16 that we what? were able to you keep did? yeah because um, we um, you know as I said like uh, there's the uh, 11 assassins and then there's like the two narrator characters and then a small ensemble that plays like the, you know the presidents and uh, the citizens of America and things like that. Quickly give us your website. It's uh, cztheater.com, theater with an R-E. That music means I'm putting on my dancing shoes. We're going to go to break. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We are at the studios of WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. And we're coming back because I got something to talk to him about. I am your host, Ray Dudley, and that means we are doing NH Unscripted at WKXL. 14.50 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Lakes Region, friends out of Guilford. We'll get into more of them later. With me in studio, Dan Pelletier. Dan. Thank you for the first two segments and all of that crazy information. But I really brought you in because I'm crazy interested in finding out what's going on with NHTA. Yeah. Can you give everybody an overview of the the formulations of NHTA, yeah. its, its roots, where it what happened to it? And yeah, so the the, uh, the New Hampshire Theater Alliance uh, is an organization uh, that, on top of many other things, they're primarily known for the New Hampshire Theater Awards. Uh, that um, and um, as well as doing some other, you know, community uniting and, and things like that within the Greater New Hampshire Theater community. Um, so uh, because of COVID, because of of that, you know, that thing. Uh, the, in the middle, actually, you know, what was it March of 2020, 
the you know theater came to a stop and so did uh, so there were not awards and things like that um, but rewind going a few months before that actually Dece- I think it was December of 2019. Uh, they put out a call for volunteers to do some uh, redesign of the ballot, uh, which I can you know get into. And I joined that committee mostly because I mean I am more interested in just again the community and the networking and in supporting theater than I am about winning awards or anything. But I wanted to be involved. And then when uh, COVID hit. Um, and everything like went away. It was like the one outlet for uh, getting to be creative and do something theater adjacent was we just continued to work on the ballot uh, redesign, uh, you know, once a month via Zoom and things. Um, and then uh, fortunately, back towards the end of last year, it looked like, you know, there was enough theater going again and enough interest. So we were able to relaunch and we started, um, you know, it was a little bit of a process because again, we were, because the, um, there hadn't been anything for so long. We weren't even, we weren't sure at first if there would be people interested in restarting it. So like we, the people that were on the ballot redesign committee became the interim board. We worked with the old, uh, outgoing board to, because we, I mean, we said technically we are the board, but we said we're going to be interim because we don't want to be it long-term. We want to just get the organization on its feet, find a new board that wants to be part of it long-term, install them, and then go back to our respective lives. Um, And we put out this call back in January that was like, hey, we want to restart this thing, but here's the milestones we need to hit. We need X number of people that want to do these jobs. We need to know we're going to have enough theater companies that want to be involved. And fortunately, those were met uh, very quickly. So we were able to restart. Um, so we're uh, adjudication in May with our new ballot. So it's kind of a pilot year, but I don't want to like downplay that, like, you know, the awards that we give out in January are still going to be the New Hampshire Theater Awards. Mm-hmm. We're not calling them the like pilot year or whatever, but we've been uh, test drive, testing the new ballot. It's been working phenomenally, very positive feedback. Everyone seems to be really enjoying it. And we're, um, in the 2019 season, if I recall correctly, was the most theater companies participating in the uh, adjudication process that there had ever been. And we've already are at like 85 percent of that. So there was not a ton of um, loss. Yes, we, there were some companies that didn't come back and there were some companies that have formed since then that have joined. But still, like the the numbers are going and we've already had a number of people that missed out on on joining this year that are going to join next year. So it's we're kind of. Uh, back uh, with a vengeance, and it's uh, been going very well. As I said, the new ballot, uh, very well received, lots of great theater going on. Okay, bear with me here. Yes. What happened to the original board? Why what did was there a need for an interim? But they just go it, quick. Yeah, it, 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 just because, of, again, because of COVID and things changing, you know, again, it's a nonprofit. Um, so, you know, it was just hard for people to stay invested um, and for whatever reasons. So, again, the ballot redesign committee was continuing to work on things. And they're like, well, if we want to restart the organization, we, uh, you know, need to have uh, – uh, you know, st- structure and all that. So we worked with the old, the members of the old board to, um, you know, transfer power and we became, uh, the board, um, for that's the short version of it. You know, it took several months to re- restart it and do all the cross, all the T's and dot all the I's and all that sort of stuff. So for people who may not be theater educated, 
what is this thing about a ballot and adjudication? Sure. What's going on there? So, uh, so the way these these things work uh, for the theater alliance is in order to there's no cost for the companies to participate. The way it works is uh, when I produce a show that is going to be considered for the theater awards, uh, six people. Uh, each one representing a different theater company in New Hampshire are going to come see my show and they're going to score my show. And conversely, I have to provide someone that's going to score six other shows around the state. So it's this, you know, kind of mutual beneficial thing. Um, so the six people, uh, they come and they watch the show and we have our ballot um, that in previous years was very open ended. It was essentially you were told uh, what you what to value. Like this is what makes good theater. This is what makes not so good theater. And then you gave it a score on a scale of one to a hundred, where fifty was considered the average good quality show, um, or for each individual thing, like each the the actors you were look that you were told to adjudicate the designs and things like that. And then you wrote a paragraph justifying why you gave it that score. Um, which was fine, but not the greatest thing. So what we what we've created now is actually this language based rubric that breaks down each of the individual awards into categories, and then each of these categories has like five, three to five different uh, like sentences that like explain various levels of competency. So say it's, uh, you know, believability in acting is the heaviest weighted part of the acting ballot. And so at the top of that section on the ballot, there's like a, you know, little paragraph explaining exactly what believability in acting means. And then there's a sentence written much more eloquently than this, but like the first sentence will be like, a actor didn't, did not achieve believability. B, actor achieve, uh, inconsistently achieved believability. C, actor achieve, achieved believe, uh, believability consistently. And then like D, actor was greatly believable beyond the average actor. And then E, actor was outstandingly believable. Um, and you just choose one of those options. And then there are some middle ground options. Um, like that'll be like elements of A and B cannot decide but equally between the two. Um, so that way it's it's much more objective um, and, and focused. Um, I'm hoping it's easier when I have my PowerPoint presentation because I also am the for this year, I headed up all of the training of the adjudicators. So I'm, I'm familiar with this. But it so um, so like people will come see my show this weekend. They'll watch the show. They've been told these are the actors that they are nominated. Um, and then they'll go home. They'll open up the, the ballot and they'll scroll down each thing and just click off the sentences that best described what they experienced. Um, they submit that. Um, and then on the back end, there's a lot of math that calculates, uh, you know, each one of those choices was uh, worth a certain amount of points. It takes the total points awarded divided by the total points um, that were available. And that's the score that that would get. Um, and then, in January, we'll be giving out at the Capitol Center the uh, three. There's three maxi categories. There's professional, there's community, and then there's uh, youth. Um, and we'll give out all different sorts of awards for things in, in that. And we actually updated the names of the awards, too, because, again, at, at the end of the day, it's it's six people's opinion. Right. You're only getting adjudicated by six people. And we also throw out the highest and lowest score. So it's really four people's opinion. So we. So they're now going to be outstanding achievement 
rather than best because we're like, well, does it really represent the best? N- n- no, it, it you can't really quantify that with four people's opinions. So it will now be outstanding achievement in direction, outstanding achievement in uh, oh, acting. Um, and, and the language of the ballot was also designed to reflect that because, again, like if you're doing a good, gr- competent job as an actor, you're, you, you're going to score those C's a lot, which you should feel good about because that says you were consistently achieved good acting. Um, whereas the uh, ones that are worth more are things that were just like truly outstanding, something that not the average person is is capable of. So do you have to have different people adjudicating professional from community? No, it's all it. All of the companies uh, adjudicate each other. And we say that, you know, based on the language of the rubric, you should adjudicate every show you watch with the same eye. So whether I'm going to see uh a Broadway. If I'm going down to New York City to uh, see Wicked, I'm gonna hold that to the same standard that I'm gonna hold Little Johnny and Sally in Annie Junior. Uh, in our youth production, um, and the language reflects that. But again, the uh, on the, in the long term things like the you know the professionals are only competing against other professionals, even if we uh, are getting. Um, you know, a, a wide variety of opinions because we don't want it to be very gatekeepery or anything like that. You yeah. know, we don't want it to be. Oh, you have to be an expert. You have to have a master's degree in dramaturgy to be able to adjudicate a show. No, we it, we want it to be reflective of the New Hampshire theater community. All right, hang on to that thought. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I'm your host Ray Dudley in studio. With me today is Dan Pelletier from Q Zero Theater. We are in the studios of WKXL, broadcasting on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and we can be found at nhtalkradio.com. We will be back. Machine! And no, it's not. It's Ray Dudley. I'm your host of NH Unscripted. We are in the studios of WKXL broadcasting on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and we can be found at nhtalkradio.com along with all of the other great programming here. In studio with me is Dan Pelletier, who just told me he... DJ's weddings as well. <laughs> yes. Pulled that one right out of the hat. Didn't expect it. Dan, the um the NHTAs. Now so this is August? Yes. And I had no idea it was even up and functioning again. Yeah, I mean as I said, uh, the ma- majority of the companies came back. There were some people that were on the fence or they again because of COVID and whatnot and because Did you send like an email? I don't know. Oh, we yeah, there there were I mean, How did people find out? We, I, we social media blasted, we email blasted. I mean, there was a lot of changeover, so I know some companies, you know, either no longer exist or have had huge changeover or just didn't feel like they had the infrastructure to do what they had done in the past. Um, but yeah, no, it's been ongoing, um, all year, uh, since, as I said, we, the adjudication started in May, we tried starting as soon as we could, but we, as we set these very specific milestones, cause we didn't want to, um, we didn't want to do it poorly. You know, we wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that if we're going to everything we're going to do, same thing, like why we're, 
we've been very transparent and try and being very open and slow with our process of of putting together a new permanent board because we're like if we're going to do this we want to do it correctly we want to make sure that there's um you know, we're not just going to dive into it and then figure it out along the way. We said, okay, we need to know that we have this number of companies that want to be involved. And then we need to know that these number of companies have these number of volunteers. And then we need to get all of those volunteers trained. So May was the earliest that we were able to um, restart it. Um, Our big thing was we definitely wanted to make sure that we got as much of the summer season as we did because most of the professional theaters in New Hampshire are summer theaters in the lakes region and things like that that get a lot of the more um you know the touristy areas that are getting a lot a, a lot of people like that did um, you have pushback from those people who performed in, in some january be- through May? there were a couple of pe- you know there's some people that were um disappointed but nobody that you know nobody made everyone understood if that makes sense like even yeah. i like i like we opened the wolves two days before adjudication started it would have been nice to get that show adjudicated but I wasn't going to be like, hey, I'm a board member. Can I get a secret ex- exemption where I get to come in? No, I'm not going to do that. That's really awful and terrible. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, because we originally had tried to say like, okay, like uh, Memorial Day is usually kind of the unofficial start of summer. So we had that as a target, but then like things were going well. So we were able to move it up to May to get in um, some more shows. We would have loved to have been able to you know, do it even earlier. But again, we wanted to make sure that that foundation was there, that we weren't cutting corners. What all right? So let's jump ahead. Yep. What is the date? It's going to the the actual award ceremony will be, and where will it be? So it's uh, I believe it's the twentieth of January at the Capitol Center for the Arts in okay. Concord. Oh. Um, so that uh, so the the adjudication does wrap up like last two weeks of December because there does need to be some time to do all that math we were discussing earlier, and then they'll announce. Um, for community and youth, they do a top 10 um, for every award, and then they do a top five for professional, mostly because you know, there's much more community involvement and things like that. Um, so they'll announce those uh, beginning of January, and then tickets will go on sale, um, and hopefully we'll have a, a great turnout. Um, and then we have a big, long award ceremony at, at the Capitol Center. I'm actually uh, one of the people trying to uh, lead the charge on revamping the award ceremony. I'm not a award ceremonies person, but uh, that's a that's a personal gripe. Um, you know, <laughs> I watch the highlights of the Tonys, and that's like it. I don't. I can't even. Uh, I I just I don't. I don't like award ceremonies. I'd rather just know who won and oh then watch and then watch the performances. So. For people who have never been, it it's quite an event. I yes. mean, and was getting bigger and bigger. But you know, you see a lot of these groups performing some of the great numbers that they had maybe done from a musical or whatever or scenes, and it was pretty darn impressive. My wife was loving to go. Oh yeah, um, there. I mean, again, my only complaint is is, is the length because we do give out we get yeah. so many awards because there are. Youth awards, community awards, professional awards. So there's like 70 awards given out. But the performances are great. Um, the after party is great because you get to network, like, you know, not just network, but like ha- see up, meet other people that are in the theater community. Um, so that's like why I want the emphasis to be more on the after party. I'd rather they just go, here are the winners, and then we dance. Because, again, I'm a wedding <laughs> DJ. Um, uh, you know, give me give me the buffet line with some chicken tenders, and 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 then we just party. Um, but yeah, no, it's and it's a wonderful celebration of theater in New Hampshire. And I think that's what we have been trying to emphasize. Like, yes, we give out awards, but it's not about 
awards in like a sports sense. Like it, it's about celebrating uh, what we do and, and trying to bring emphasis. And that's like the great thing about the fact that, you know, you have to that our companies adjudicate each other. Like I go, I personally adjudicate for my company. I get to go see shows I would not have seen by companies I might not have heard of. And now I know, oh, there's really good theater Dude, out in nowhere. That is a brilliant point. A brilliant point. I adjudicated a few years ago and found the same thing. I went to some of these groups. I'm like, what? There's good theater way up here? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? It was fascinating. Yeah. It was great. And, and I, I agree with you. The awards is a great time for these people who never meet each other for the most part to kind of fellowship and I don't know, networking's okay a word, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not connect. The word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you otherwise you really don't know how many groups are there. How many? Um, I, I want to say we're we're there's almost in the thirty range of of groups between professional, uh, community and youth, and then there are a couple of companies that do have multiple wings where like actor singers has their their community shows, but then they also enter a youth show. Same thing like the Wyndham Actors Guild. Um, I think, I mean, they're not participating this year just because they were, uh, for whatever their own reasons, but like Winnipesaukee Playhouse, I believe, is the only company that competes in all three because they have their professional theater during the summer, their community theater during the off season, and then they have a very great youth program. So they enter the most number of shows uh, when they're competing. This year, they didn't, they weren't, um, we're hoping they'll be back. So if anyone from Winnipesaukee is listening, we would love to have them participate again. Um, but like, and we even were able to bring in some theaters that had fallen off uh, in the previous years, like Seacoast Repertory Theater is back. Um, I actually, um, you know, they uh, was seeing a show out there the other day and we're very happy to have them because we want to extend reach into the seacoast that kind of is its own uh, strong community because there's a lot of good theater yeah, there. Yeah. And we're like, hey, come be a part of everybody else. Um, and and, and they, they so we're hoping that some of the other groups there will follow suit just because, again, as you said, like we have uh, one of my uh, adjudicators for my company went to see a show where um it was a you know he, it was a 20 minute bike ride to the canadian border oh my god <laughs> but he it was like a and he's he's like i it was as you said like there's great theater in every nook and cranny of the state that we would not have known about yeah shame on me i was stunned shame on me yeah yeah the, the um, awards themselves, you said there's like 70 awards? Yeah. So, I mean. It, did you cut any down? Did you abbreviate any? Or no, they should all still be. So, again, for uh, for both professional community, um, there will be directing, lighting, sets, costumes, sound. Am I, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Choreography, music direction. Um, and we, for, I believe, the um, – for the youth awards, we lump the like behind the scenes things also into the community section, um, and then for professional uh, community and youth, there will be uh, four acting awards given out for each one of those because there's support you know lead actor in a leading role, actress in a leading role, actor in a supporting role, actress in a uh, leading role, and all that good stuff. Mm. So yeah, there's a, and then there's some uh, special awards like a, you know they give uh, when appropriate when there is somebody uh, you know the lifetime achievement award um, and uh, a play there's a playwriting award that uh, oh there is yeah that so like again like I'm doing an original show right now that there'll be a separate committee set up that all of the 
companies that produced an original work this year can send their script in and the uh, that committee will judge the merits of the script as a script and they'll give out a, a special award just for you know an original piece by a, a local area writer the the house like hatbox which is actually a producing house they don't yep. they don't actually put up any shows themselves for the most part mm-hmm. How, what has what accommodation has been made for them? Yeah, th- so Hatbox, as well as uh, Players Ring in Portsmouth, has the same situation um, that they do have both in-house producing things as well as, like, you know, every, basically 90% of their programming are other groups that are coming in. So they, they are a little bit of a special situation in that, but, like, um, there are, you know, there's a certain way that it's all all figured out on on that end. As I'm not as heavily involved in the assigning of it, because as I, since you know we've been talking about Q Zero, where mm-hmm. I am a principal in a competing company, I'm not hands on with the assigning of adjudicators and things like that. Conflict of interest. Um, but so like Hatbox will have like shows that are Hatbox produced, but then like Dive In Productions, if they're doing a show there and they're getting adjudicated, that's a separate. That's that they're considered dive in and not hat box. Um, and there's a couple other companies that have that. So like, you know, there'll be there could be eight or nine different adjudicated productions that were performed at the hat box, but only one or two of those were hat box productions, if that makes sense. God, yeah. Dan, thank you so much for coming in today. I really, really appreciate it. Your life today has been enriched by NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. You have been listening to us on either 1450 AM or 103.9 FM in Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We can be found at nhtalkradio.com. Have a great day.